Hey, listen, we are in uh, week three of this series called End of Days, where we're looking uh, through the book of, of Revelation. And we talked uh, over the last few weeks, we've, we've kind of give some, some background. There's these churches that are being spoken to. Um, the word of the Lord came to, came to John, these words uh, to these churches. And this particular week, we're looking at the church of Laodicea. And, uh, and kind of some unique things that you might have picked up in the text uh, is that literally uh, in all these different churches that are spoken to, uh, Jesus kind of says, hey, I, I know this is good, but this isn't, okay? But with this particular church, he doesn't say anything good, right? Like he just jumps right in and says, I have this problem with you, right? And so, you know, hey, Father's Day, right? Like, I get it. Uh, my dad's been gone for a few years, but it's like, as a child, man, there was just those times when, when you knew something decent may come from dad to you, right? And then those other times when it was the look and you just knew what was about to come out of the mouth was not gonna be good, all right? All right, anybody remember those things, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure, you know? And, uh, and, and, and I even think, I think back to my dad, and I love my dad, and, and uh, dang it, and uh, so you can't talk about dads and not get emotional, but, but my dad was a good man. Uh, at the same time, he wasn't a perfect man. He sucked at some things, you know? Uh, just, just the reality of, of life. He was a great example, and he was a bad example. He was all those things, right? But in the end, the greatest thing about my dad is that he met Jesus, towards the end of his life, before his dementia and Alzheimer's took over. And, uh, and, and so while my dad knew Jesus, uh, all those things are healed now, right? And, you know? and yet, so when I look back and I think about my dad, I think of the good things, I think of the not so good things. I, I, I remember all that sort of stuff. And when I, when I hear a message like this, where it's like, son, I'm disappointed in you. Anybody ever got that talk before? Yeah, right, you know? Some of, the, some of you this morning, all right, you know, like, right, you know? And, uh, and, and, and what it is, I'll never forget my, my, my last at-bat of high school baseball. Last at-bat, uh, semi-final uh, uh, baseball game. If we won, we were gonna play in Dodger Stadium for the championship, like this was neat stuff. And, uh, and Kev's up, uh, you know, three-two count, uh, you know, kind of thing. And... Uh, and I, I, I swing at a high, uh, high fastball, yeah, swing and miss, you know, a, a ball out of the zone, right? Anybody baseball, you get that. Okay, whatever. And it was my response to swinging and missing that apparently embarrassed the family name, right? And so all I can tell you is a bat got thrown and a couple words got said. We're not going to repeat them this morning, Right, and uh, I went over and I sat in the dugout and I was upset and, and uh, I just, I leaned against the fence and, and I remember my dad coming over and uh, I gotta, I'm just, I'm laying this out. This is crazy. This is Father's Day. We're talking about the church of Laodicea. I'm talking about my dad, all right? And I remember my dad coming over and he reached through the chain link fence and apparently my dad, my dad was only like five foot eight, nine, right? So I don't even know where I really came from, all right? And so, um, <laughs> But, but my dad reached through that fence and he grabbed a piece of my back, right? You know, you have that excess back here, right? You know, and, and he grabbed with his thumb and his, and his uh, pointer finger, he grabbed a piece of my back, about the size of meat that you're gonna get out here on a skewer later today, <laughs> as a matter of fact, all right? And he grabbed onto that and he held onto that and he said, son, 
you just embarrassed our name and your mother. That's what my dad, anybody ever had that talk? Yeah? And uh, yeah, there was two of us, I saw one hand, the rest of you, whatever. I'll never forget that moment. That was it. That was it. What do you do? And, and when I read that text today, of course, thanking fathers, when I read this text, I, I kind of read it in that context where, where literally he's just like, look, I have this against you, right? And, uh, and, and the church of Laodicea, Laodicea was this, 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 um, this, this powerhouse uh, of a society, right? Uh, they were a banking, uh, you know, a place of wealth, where they had, as a matter of fact, massive earthquakes. It was kind of a common deal, but massive earthquake took place. And, and they didn't even ask for, for government assistance. They handled the rebuild all on their own, okay? They, they had special black wool. They made special clothing. And so, and so they were a, a, a garment district, if you will, right? Where this was, this was uncommon, and so it was unique, right? Um, they, 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 uh, they had a, a special salve, you, you saw in the text. They had a, a special, um, uh, you know, concoction, if you will, for, for eye ailments. Uh, you know, they, like, they had it all going on. And this is why he jumps in and he's talking to a church. He's not talking to the entire city. He's talking to a church and he's saying to them, we have a problem. And the problem is you're neither cold nor hot. He says you're lukewarm, which is another, we just, you know, in the history of all this, which is another little idea where, where literally like their water came, came down a, a, a canal. And so by the time the water came to them from these hot springs, guess what it was? It was lukewarm. Of course, in the day, uh, hot springs were, were, were valued, you know, for medicinal purposes, Right, cold water was, was refreshing, but lukewarm was what? It was useless. And so, so much of this text had everything to do with what they were all about. And this was the, this was the rub in this. He says, listen, I, I, I know your deeds. And so when we make some observations about the church of Laodicea, number one you can write on your outline is, is that they were, they were self-sustaining in their minds. Like they had it all under control. They didn't need help. Matter of fact, they didn't need God because they had what? They had it all, right? And it's just kind of a crazy perspective, right? Not only were they self-sustaining, but, but then you even take that further and it's just, we had no needs, write that down, no needs whatsoever. That, that, that's what you get from this text, we have no needs. I got this, thank you, no worries, I'm good, right? And, and when I read through this text, I, I, I also, I can't not think about me. I can't think about us as a culture. Where so often what, what, what happens is like we have what we need and somehow or another that causes a pause to take place in our lives. Our largest concerns are when we don't have what we need, Right? And then all of a sudden when we don't have what we need, then all of a sudden we get frustrated or we complain or, or, or whatever. We might even work harder, you know, to, to get what we need in this whole thing. But then Jesus begins to make some observations 
of the same church, right? You know, kind of, hey, we got it. Jesus' observations were different. He says in verse 17, he says, you're poor, you're blind, and you're naked. You know what he did right there? You get it, I already gave you the background, right? What did he do? He attacked exactly what they thought made them unique and special. He attacked exactly what, what in, in, in their minds made them self-sustaining, right? Uh, you know, this, this, this idea of, of you're, you're poor. They're like, no, 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 we're, we're rich. He, he says, what, you're blind. No, 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 we've got this special ointment, right? He says, look, you're naked. And they're like, no, you forget. We have this black wool and everybody wants clothes made out of this. What's he saying? He comes, he comes right for the heart. And, and I believe there's this gigantic message in this for us where he says all the things that make you content are the things that we're gonna have a problem with. The things of the world that, make, that give you peace is the reason that you often don't have a perspective for my kingdom. Right? And, and so in this, in this big rub, his observation, you write this down, is that, that they were spiritually blind. They were spiritually blind, but they, have, but they had the ointment, right, for physical sight. But they were spiritually blind, right? It, it's, it's this rub where we're, we're focused on everything that doesn't matter for eternity, right? And, 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 it, and it messes up our, our, our ability to see through the lens that Jesus wants us to see. The biggest emphasis are, are, are really for us, the biggest emphasis needs to be the things of eternity, the things that matter, right? That, that's the big idea. So not only were they spiritually blind, but right down, they were destitute. They were destitute, and I, I love this word because it, what it does is it causes a little bit of a wrestling match in all of this. This idea of being destitute without the basic necessities of life. I really chose this because that's, that's the rub. They would say they had all the necessities and more for the basics of life. And yet Jesus would argue, what are the basic necessities for life? See, again, our peace so often comes from our comfort of finding that we have what we feel like we need based on what are the basic necessities of life. We don't even second guess things because we're comfortable. And yet there's this larger picture, this larger rub uh, that, that, that is happening in our world where there are things that are going on that are, that are atrocious, they're just horrific things happening. I mean, even, 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 ah, even, you know, we're just gonna move on. So, so destitute, destitute, man. And, and write this down too, is that, that not only were they, they spiritually blind and destitute, but they were spiritually indifferent. Write that down. They were spiritually indifferent, where they could care less, right? They could care less either way, right? It, it just because they had their needs. They had more than enough, right? And it created this spiritual indifference in them, where they, they couldn't see the needs of people, they couldn't see what mattered. Let me pause and again say, we're talking to a church. We're talking to believers, right? And then they've got off somewhere. And he says, look, man, you're not hot, you're not cold, you're lukewarm, and there's no use for that whatsoever. And he literally says what? I am going to spit you out of my mouth. That's the idea of lukewarm. These are harsh terms. 
right? So we have, to, we have to understand and put ourselves in this time. These are harsh, harsh terms, matter. So, so I was reminded this morning, I'm going through and I'm, I'm kind of running through my notes one last time in my office and I remembered a quote. I remembered a quote from a, from a pastor from quite a, year, quite a few years back, you know, kind of, and kind of a tough quote you're gonna, you know, you're gonna see in this, but he came out on stage and he literally said this. He said, I have three things that I wanna say to you today. First, while you were sleeping last night, 30,000 kids died of starvation or disease related to malnutrition. Second, most of you don't give a shh. And what's worse is that most of you are more upset the fact that I just said shh than you are that 30,000 kids died in this world. Do you understand when we're talking about uh, being spiritually indifferent that we get hung up on things. That Jesus is saying, you're hung up on that? I hung on a cross for you. You're hung up on that? And yet you think you have everything together. You think that you got this taken care of because you're making your house note and you're, 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 you're paying for things and, and whatever. And, and this is what's unique. We're actually living in this like weird time right now, right? Unprecedented times for for, for most of us, you know, kind of, you know, where, where, you know, in my lifetime, uh, at 50 years old, I've not experienced the, 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 the economy and some of the struggles that we're beginning to have. And yet, can I just pause and say, while I'm concerned about it, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not suffering as a result of it. But I understand that some of you may be. I get that in our world, long before America had a crummy economy uh, in 2022, that there are things that aren't affordable in this world that we would consider to be basic necessities. But because we have them, we don't think about it. Lukewarm. It's useless. He says, you're not hot, you're not cold, man. I'm just going to spit you out of my mouth, Right? And so, again, like, like we, when we take a step back and we think about the things, you know, uh, what, are, what are things that frustrate you? Just shout them out. What are things, don't, and, and I'm not an option right now, okay? Um, what, are, what are things that frustrate you? Just say, say huh? Price of gas? Time? School. Yeah. It's summer break, right? You know, but yeah. Huh? Okay, hang on, man, hang on, hang on, hang on. I should have thought through this, man. I should have thought through this, okay? Okay, all right, we're done. All right, we're done, we're done, we're done. Okay, okay, all right. Gosh, Kevin, you know? So, so listen, Here, you, here's what I was thinking. Here's what I, I, I saw, I saw your giant shirt. We get frustrated when, when all of a sudden a, a game is blacked out on TV. We get, in, we get frustrated when our team doesn't win. Or we think that these people making millions of dollars should play to a higher level than, mind you, we're sitting on the couch, <laughs> you know, right? <laughs> With bellies that keep us from being able to participate, uh, you know, right? But, but, you know, so yeah, sorry, I should have never gone there. Remind me for the 11 o'clock, do not ask that question, all right? But listen, listen, here's the rub. Here's the rub. Yes, these things bother us, Right? But, but can I tell you, there are things happening even right here in our own city, right? These things, that, that are, they're, they're horrific, they're sinful. There is sin happening around us. 
There may be sin happening through you, and yet you're more concerned about a blackout than you are about a black heart. Right? And so it becomes this struggle for us that, that all of a sudden we're like, I don't think I understand. I don't get this church of Laodicea. I don't understand. Listen, again, in this big picture, Jesus is calling out a church and saying, hey, look, man, you're not hot, you're not cold. You'd be better off being cold. Problem is, you're lukewarm. And I have a big problem with that. And I think, wow, modern day church in America, right? Lukewarm in, 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 in this. It, it's just kind of a crazy, crazy idea. Now, lukewarm, neither hot nor cold. The dictionary literally says uh, moderately warm or, or tepid. It says, uh, this is why I put this here, lacking conviction or half-hearted. Lacking conviction. Wow, that kind of, kind of like joggled my brain a little bit, man. Like lukewarm is this idea of lacking conviction in our life. What do you have convictions for? Right? Matt Chandler, a, a, a pastor, just, just recently I, I saw this and he said this, man. He said, there are only followers of Jesus and not followers of Jesus. He said, and biblical Christianity is made up of disciples, those who follow him, those who are becoming more like him. He says, there's no category for moral churchgoer being described as a Christian. Let me repeat that. There is no category for moral churchgoer being described as a Christian. There just isn't. There are those who have a relationship with Jesus and do the best they can by his spirit to follow after him. It's called discipleship. That's what it is. And that's what God has called the, his church to be, his disciples. Not, not moral churchgoers where it's like, okay, I kind of did my diligence today. Okay, now we feel a little bit better, you know, kind of thing. I can check that off the list. That doesn't exist anywhere in scripture. And, and yet, so often what happens in our life is we, we see the moral churchgoer being the predominant churchgoer. Right, and, and so it's this constant rub. Uh, synonyms for lukewarm, uh, words like dull or apathetic, right? Uh, you know, uh, uh, dull, obviously, not sharp, right? Uh, apathetic, not, not passionate. Like, like we lack in these things, and this is what God is calling us to be, right? And, and to see in, in, in others, and so here's the thought. I, this week I started thinking about uh, the, the, the difference between a thermometer, right, and a thermostat, right? You get a thermometer, right? You got a couple holes in your body where your thermometers go, you know what I mean? Now we have the little gun thing, right? But back in the day, you put it under your tongue, they're a baby, whoop, you know, kind of thing, right? You know, kind of thing. And what does a thermometer do? It, it measures your temperature, right? It measures your temperature, you know, and then, then we have, thank God for this, you know, here in Fresno, you know, we have these things called a thermostat. And what a thermostat does is it actually regulates a temperature. It, it's set to a particular temperature, and then it regulates it. It kicks your AC or your heater, heater on, right, at different times, and it regulates that. Aren't we grateful for that? That's a really cool invention, right? Because if all we had was a, a thermometer and we walked around our house, you know, kind of thing, right, and it's going, ah, it's hot, you know, Remember this with a thermometer, right? Remember this? And then you had to twist it, right? That, that was the first indicator of bad eyes right there. Like, what in the world? Who came up with this idea, right? 
And if you don't know what I'm talking about, God bless you, man. It's cool. <laughs> and so, so again, a, a thermometer measures. And what was happening in this church, I believe, is, is that they operated with a thermometer. Everything was good because everything was good. Right? The, it's like, what is, what is taking the pull? What, what is your pulse on? Right? So this, this thermometer measures temperature. But what God is calling this church and us to is, is being a thermostat, like setting the temperature, right? Uh, you know, allowing the Holy Spirit to set the temperature, and then we regulate that. We don't allow the world to dictate those things. Regardless whether our economy is good or our economy is bad, we have been called to be holy people, set apart to do good works, not be comfortable or frustrated, dictated by things of the world, right? Now I get those are things that affect us, I, I get that, but those aren't the things that dictate our lives. What dictates our lives is being guided by the Holy Spirit. And so God's desire for the church today, and really for you, right, because as a believer in Jesus Christ, we are the church, this is the building, Right, we get that, we've heard all of that. There was a little thing as kids and the steeple and all those things, I can't remember how it goes. But, but, but we understand that. Like, so when you say, I wish the church did this, look yourself in the mirror and say, I wish you did this. Amen. Oh, yeah, good, yeah, yeah, whatever. Cheap stuff, man. Here's, here's the rub. Here's the rub. Here's, oh my gosh, I love it. I love you guys, man. Um, here's the rub in our lives. So we, we could talk about social media. So with that, with that thought, we, we express our frustrations with things around us on social media. We we express, there's more and more people expressing their frustrations with the church on social media. But it's funny, you never express your personal frustrations about you on social media. You know, the church has really failed in this. How about your next post is, I really failed in this. It's a different perspective. But it's who God has called us to be like, we are the church. So we don't get an out. We don't have like a, uh, you know, a, a free, get out of jail free card. This is God's call for your life. And so while I may not like some of the, the, the policies and, and things of, of our system, what I have to love is the things of Jesus and what he's called me to be and to do, even when nothing about the world in this is gonna be appreciative of it. A quiet morning. Dads are sleeping. I don't know what's going on, right? <laughs> so here's what he wants to do. Number one, write this down in your outline, man. If you guys cooperate, we'll be out of here early today, okay? If you're uncooperative, I can keep going, okay? Right? The number one, write this down, is you gotta allow the Holy Spirit to set the temperature of your life. You gotta allow the Holy Spirit to do that. Your temperature can't be raised and lowered based on your likes and dislikes. 
Your temperature of your life can't be, can't be raised and lowered based on the things that make you feel good inside. Because all things good don't always make you feel good. Why? Because it's exposing bad areas of our life. There are people in my life that are doing good and I get a little bit ticked at them, right? And the reason I get a little ticked at them is because I got a black spot in my heart that it's exposing. That's why I'm ticked at them. They're doing right, I'm doing wrong, I don't like that. But I need to love that. And I need to go hug that person and tell them thank you for doing right. Even when nobody else around you seems to be doing it, including me, right? Listen, the reason the church isn't doing this or that is because you're not doing this or that. That's it. That's what it comes down to. We're, we're, we're human leaders, man. You know, we're in this. But we are in this with you. We aren't in this here and you're here. We are in this as a family. Right? So we're leading from the pack. And as soon as you put a pastor on a pedestal, you put him in the wrong place. Now, I want you to understand, when, when Jesus is, is talking to this church of Laodicea, like, like, again, everything was good. They became a reflection of their culture, so everything around them was good, so everything within was good. Not hot nor cold, but worthless. Wow, right? So we gotta allow the Holy Spirit to set that temperature. Romans chapter eight says this. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. Can it get any more simple or basic than that? Right? If you have sinful thought patterns, it's because you're allowing the devil to, to manipulate you. You're buying into a lie. And you're allowing it. There's no forced treatment in this, right? Like, this is the problem with the Laodicean church, right? Uh, you, you know, uh, but, but this is the problem with us. Right, so it says, you're, those who are dominated by sinful nature, think about sinful things. Those who are controlled by the Spirit, what do they do? They think about things that please the Spirit. God, how do you want me to do this today? Like, sometimes we pray and it's like, God, I need everything. I need grace and I, I need love and I need all this because I'm about to go to work today and you know I hate these people. I pray it every day, right? Like, I pray it every day. And uh, some of you don't even get that. That's funny. All right. That's good. And some of you are in the crowd going, he really prays that? Yeah. <laughs> like, whatever. You know, right? Right, ever. Listen, listen. Maybe the prayer should be, God, today... Allow me to see through your lens and be your vessel, period, right? No, you're not hot, you're not cold, you're lukewarm. Everybody else is the problem. You got going on. And that was the Laodicean church. They had it all going on, right? Galatians chapter five, verses 26, or 25 and verse 26. Galatians 5, 25 and 26 says this. See, this is the kind of life that we have chosen, the life of the Spirit. This, this, is, this is it. Let us make sure that we don't just hold it as an idea in our heads or a sentiment in our hearts. Wow. This is lukewarm. We can say it with our mouth, but we don't live it. We just think it. Right? I think good things. 
I just don't do good things. Right? I mean, Paul, Paul was honest, at least, when Paul was like, look, man, I got this thorn in the flesh, man, and I got this crazy thing going on, and it's like the things that I want to do, man, that aren't good, I still do, and the things that I know I should be doing, I don't do. Like, he was honest about it, and some of us were like, oh, yeah, that's me. That's fine. I get the, I get the, the let's be honest about some things, Right? But God still says, if you follow me and allow my Holy Spirit to control you, I'll help you to do things that you could never do on your own. That's the beauty of it. So it goes on and says, but, so don't hang on to these ideas in our heads or sentiments in our hearts, but work out its implications in every detail of your life. Every, I love it. Circle that, underline that, right? Put a star next to it. Write it on your neighbor's bicep. They always wanted a tattoo, you know what I mean? Like, like whatever. But the beauty is this, is that every detail of your life should be considered on how God wants to use you and send you out into this world that you do through the grocery store, the bank, your work, your neighbors, and everything else you do. Oh, and that includes driving your car down Herndon Avenue. All right, number two, write this down. Uh, I, don't even, I don't even know where I'm at. I'm so lost right now, it's ridiculous. Listen, what it says in Galatians, it finishes up and says, that means we will not compare ourselves with each other as if one of us were better and another worse, right? I got it good, man. I'm sorry you don't, right? He says this, we have far more interesting things to do with our lives. Each of us is an original. Let God use you as an original. You don't have to conform to be anybody else or to act like anybody else or to look like anybody else. God wants to use you because you're unique and your story's unique. Your life is unique. We come to these holidays and it's like these things where we celebrate Father's Day and it's like, well, we need to be sensitive to those that don't have dads and all these things. Listen, the biggest, one of the biggest struggles in our world is because we don't have enough dads. So gosh darn it, we're gonna celebrate Father's Day. But listen, that doesn't mean that's just for your immediate family. Maybe God's calling you to be a mentor in somebody else's life, a father figure in somebody else's life. That is what the church is all about. But you're more concerned that I almost said shh than I am, right? Like, right? So this is, the, this is the struggle. This is the struggle that we continually deal with. Romans 12, I mentioned this in, the, in, in my last message. Uh, Romans 12, verse 2, just the beginning of it says, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Listen to this part. Instead, fix your attention on God and you'll be changed from the inside out. Check this out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. That's that thermostat, right? Readily recognize what he wants, where he's set the the temperature, where he has set the the bar and quickly respond to it. Doesn't say, hey, recognize it, contemplate it, twiddle your thumbs over it, pray about it. You know, I pray, you know, I just need to, I need prayer because I just feel like, you know, like, like uh, you know, God wants me to talk to my neighbor about Jesus. You need to pray about it? Do it. Just go do it. Just go do it. Well, I don't know what to say. Trust me, he's gonna give you the words to say. <laughs> this is the beauty of it, right? So it's like readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. So not only are we allowing the Holy Spirit to set the temperature, number two, you can write this down, is we're gonna walk how and where the Holy Spirit guides us. We're gonna walk where and how the Holy Spirit. 
wants to guide us. Nothing, nobody gets to dictate that in our lives. Galatians 5.16 says this, I say then walk by the Spirit and you'll not carry out the desires of the flesh. Underline that one, that's a good one. Isn't it funny when we say that about the Bible? Right, hey, that's a good one, you should underline it. Because there's a bunch of bad ones in the scriptures, right? (laughs) There's a lot of bad ones, we just want to highlight the good ones, right? (laughs) No, 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 like this is it. Memorize this sucker, right? Like, this is what? Walk by the Spirit, right? What's he saying, man? Allow the Holy Spirit to set the temperature, right? Walk by the Spirit and you'll not carry out the desires of the flesh. Walk by the Spirit. Be that uh, that thermostat. And guess what? You're not going to be a thermometer trying to, oh, I I don't know. I don't know about this. Oh, nobody else wants this. No. He goes on and says, for the flesh desires what is against the Spirit. The Spirit desires what is against the flesh. These are opposed to each other so that you don't do what? What you want. So listen, walk by the Spirit. Don't be lukewarm. Walk by the Spirit. You're like nobody else is. It's not your concern, right? Because when you're a thermostat, you're walking and you're, you're, well, you're what? You're regulating the temperature everywhere you go. But what you're not being is like, whoa, we're in a cold spot, so uh, you know, I'm gonna be cold-hearted over here, you know? Oh, I'm with my Christian brothers, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna raise the bar over here. Oh, I don't, I don't actually know, so I'm gonna be kind of silent over here. That's not the way it works. Well, it's the way it works for Laodicea Church. And I think we have a clear picture of what Jesus thinks about that. Matthew chapter 11, we're gonna close this out. Matthew chapter 11, verse 29. He says this. He says, walk with me and work with me. I love that. I'd underline that too, man. Walk with me and work with me. This is what Jesus says. Watch how I do it. What's he saying? Here's the temperature. Watch how I do it, Right? And then he says this. He said, one of my, this is my, one of my favorite phrases in the message paraphrase. It says this, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. What's he saying? He says, watch how I do it, right? Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. He says, you don't have to force everything, right? You don't have to be a jerk. There's nothing about being a believer in Jesus Christ and living out your faith that equals you're a jerk. You're you're, you're just a mouthy person. Listen, he says, learn these unforced rhythms of grace, right? And he says, listen, listen to this. This is great. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. That's his promise to us. You're gonna do this. You got this. This isn't a burden. What I give to you isn't a burden. We've yoked up. That's, that's, that's an IV translation, you know. Come yoke up with me. You tired? The message paraphrase starts out, you tired? You burned out on religion? He says, come. Come watch me. I said this in a training the other day, man. We get, we get so tired, burned out, it's like, man, I just need a vacation. Let me tell you what you need. You don't need a vacation. I, you, maybe you need a vacation. That's great, whatever. Listen, listen to this. I'm not against vacation. What you need is Jesus. You don't need a break. You know, what I see in the scriptures, I didn't see them take breaks. I saw them get the living daylights beat out of them. Beaten, 
whipped with cat and nine tail, all these things left for dead. Their buddies come in, pick them up, and they walk off for three days to the next city. To do what? To preach about Jesus. See, they took a, you know when Paul had a break? When he was in prison. And he still wrote some incredible letters. Still challenged people. Still told people, I'm coming, man. If the Lord wills, I'm gonna come visit again. We don't need a break. We need Jesus. And we need to be active in our faith because this lukewarm thing is not working out for the church. It's not working out for the world. We've got to be active in living out the call on our lives and being light in a dark place. That is what it's all about. So Heavenly Father, I pray your blessings on us today. I ask Lord Jesus that you would help us understand the call that you have for each of our lives, that it's not to sit back and watch, it's not to sit back and judge, but it's to literally listen to you and respond. Quickly respond, Lord Jesus. Help us to be men and women today that care about your gospel more than we care about being liked by this world. That we're living in unprecedented times and yet we haven't experienced anything yet. But to re realize, God, that you wanna use our lives in our everyday life, our walking around, going to work, everything that we do, life. And it's an offering that we get to lay at your feet every single day. So thank you, Jesus, for loving us. And we all said, amen.